My name is Elliot Black. I'm a private investigator from South Georgia, and this is my show, Weird Out Here. I'm documenting my cases, because if you're like me, you enjoy the weird. And let me tell y'all, it's weird out here. What's up, y'all? Happy holidays. Hope you're having a good one wherever you are. This time of year ain't always kind to everyone. Some of us have it rough, and it only gets worse every year. Some kind of compounded memory like a spiral getting tighter and tighter. I feel for those folks. I think I'm past most of my own tragedies, but sometimes I let myself get down just thinking about how bad it is for some other people this time of year. And, and But I ain't here to tell sad stories. I'm here to tell weird stories. And I got a hell of a seasonally appropriate one for y'all. This one starts last Christmas with a call I got from a local who chose to remain anonymous. We'll call him Mr. K. Mr. K was calling on behalf of several local parents, he claimed, who were all looking for help in finding their children, who had all apparently gone missing together. Ah, man. I, um, I let myself get talked into some stupid shit. Sam used to tell me, don't never take cases that got nothing to do with runaways. It's always bad. Either the kid's dead, stripping, or don't want to be found. Either way, that's some heartache that you ain't got to carry. It ain't yours, and this money don't make it worth it. Sam was right. He was always right, though. That ain't no big deal. Anyway, I was too fucking stoned when this dude called, and... What I'm saying is, I normally know better than to take these kinds of cases, but I, uh... I just said yes, I don't know. A quick check confirmed the story wasn't full of shit, and man, it is indeed weird looking. The call I got was from a local father I'm going to call Mr. K here. He was calling on behalf of a handful of local parents who also have kids involved in this alleged incident, and who are all now missing. Mr. K was upset, highly emotional, understandably. The cops say that Mr. K's daughter and four other children murdered a homeless fellow who I'll just call Davis here. The cops are presumably on the hunt for these kids, and the dumb fucks think the kids killed the old hobo and hauled ass somewhere. Mr. K is understandably worried that the dickless and trigger-happy scumbags in law enforcement will go fucking Terminator on his kid and her friends. And look, maybe the kids did kill the old guy, but that don't mean they should get fucking smoked by grown-ass men who... Anyway, I said yeah because maybe if I find the little fuckers before the cops do, nothing stupid will happen. Maybe. So here we go. 
What I do know is that one of the last people to see the kids was Mr. K himself. The four of them were at his house, packing all kinds of stuff into backpacks before they left on their bicycles. He didn't realize they were packing up to leave. He said they get in all kinds of shit all the time. He didn't think it was out of the ordinary. I guess here's a good time to talk about the kids. The four of them have known each other for a few summers, living within a few blocks of each other in a small town, going to the same school. I'll leave out most of the details here, but there are four kids. Three girls, one boy. Nine years old. All of them. One of the girls, who we'll call Little K, is Mr. K's daughter. They're a real pack, according to Mr. K. They roll together everywhere. Real friends. Mr. K says he probably knows the kids best as the other parents don't get involved much. Not like in a bad way, not really, I guess, just detached. Mr. K says he hangs with the kids pretty often and has a feel for what they get up to and how they roll. Mr. K had heard the kids talking about the old dude with the hat for a couple days. In small towns down south, we don't have many homeless folks. Not the transient type, anyway. We got plenty of poor folk that live outdoors or otherwise pretty rough compared to a lot of folks, but we don't get, like, random hobos. We know everybody. So this dude with the hat, when Mr. K mentioned him, I already knew who he meant. Not only because I noticed the guy outside the church's chicken and the stopping shop several times over the past month, but because I know through the law enforcement grapevine and such that the dude got killed yesterday. But here's another thing about homeless transients in the South. It ain't uncommon for them to go belly up somewhere often at the hands of law enforcement or local street folk, never with anything done about it, no real investigations or anything anybody would call justice. So when I heard Hat Dude had been killed, I figured the cops had killed him. That's what dickless idiots playing army boy do. But that ain't what happened to Hat Dude. Hat Dude did get killed by a firearm, but it was a twenty-two caliber rifle from long distance that did it, not necessarily the cop's style. Little K is a crack shot, though, apparently and owns a 22 caliber rifle that is now missing. Mr. K told me he thinks Little K still has it, probably. He thinks maybe something went down with Hat Dude and the kids defended themselves and then ran scared because cops. It is perhaps worth clarifying at this point that Mr. K is a black guy. Report says Hat Dude Davis. Fuck, I'm supposed to be calling Dude Davis. Anyway, Hat Dude Davis was shot 11 times with a 22. He was hit in the back, arms, and neck. Died on the spot though probably not real quick. He was missing his hat. I'm not 100% sure what the smartest first move here is, but I'm going to head out to the scene and see what I can see. I blame the weed, but my goofy ass was expecting some grisly winter kill scene out here because of the snow. By the way, it's a white Christmas in South Georgia this year, y'all, and that's rare indeed. But of course it ain't like that at all. With 22s, most of the bleeding happens on the inside after them little bullets go zigzagging around your insides, bouncing off your bones and shit. There's just thin, dirty snow from where the cops trampled everything. I'm in a huge open field that's bordered on one side by pine woods and a Ford car lot on the other. Hat Dude Davis got dropped out where the field meets the pines, where he had been hanging out for a few weeks, I guess. What's left of his camp is just bits of trash left by the cops now. There's two obvious places to post up and shoot somebody from nearby. One is among all them big shiny new trucks in the lot over there. And one is from the Pines. No nine-year-old kid nowadays is going to be dumb enough to go fuck around on a car lot where there's a million cameras. They were surely in the woods. Gonna take a walk back there. 
Well now, the local department is even more fucking inept than they look. Or they just don't give a fuck. It only took about 30 minutes of walking around out here to find where the kids posted up. They were smart. Only one spent shell left behind, and I guess it wasn't on purpose, just lost in the chaos. I'm finding bits of red fleece stuck in tree limbs all over. A trail any moron could follow, not to mention the dirty tracks in the snow. This shit's only like two inches deep, and it ain't snowed enough since yesterday to cover up anything. It's real fucking obvious this is where they ran. The strip of pine trees is maybe 200 yards thick, and on the other side is another big field, a cotton field. The kids ran through the pines to the cotton field, and I'm standing here now looking at... I don't know, some kind of weird depression in the snow? Like maybe they all laid down and tried to make a big snow angel? Nah, nah. Nah, 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 nah. They were probably trying to clean off their hands. Or the hat. Whoever grabbed the hat might have had bloody hands, or maybe the hat was bloody and they tried to clean it in the snow. Maybe. If I put a black light on this snow, I might could find out, but... The trail that leaves here is fucking weird. Looks like they dragged something big away from here. If Hat Davis hadn't been laid out in the other field, I'd say they were dragging him, but... What the fuck? I don't know. Something feels real fucking strange here, though. Like, the vibe is real fucking heavy. Almost like a church or ritual space. Shit, I ain't following that trail after dark, unarmed. And it's getting dark soon. I'm gonna go talk to Mr. K. Mr. K had some real interesting shit to say. So little K told Mr. K that Hat Davis had showed the kids a magic trick with his hat last week. Mr. K arched an eyebrow at me when he said that shit. And I arched one back, expecting the worst. But although that was obviously his initial reaction as well, the kids said it wasn't anything pervy. Though it was gross. They said Hat Davis had put his hat on a dead deer, and the deer came back to life and walked to his campsite. Word. I asked him if they had lost a pet recently, or if any of the other kids had lost a pet. He said no, that Little K's cat was still around, doing what cats do, and he wasn't aware of any of the other kids losing a pet or anything like that. He started looking at me kind of funny after that, and I didn't want to press it, so I didn't. Mr. K had a lot of other shit to say, but that's the important bit, I guess. Hat Dude Davis. I didn't tell him about the trail I found, or the spent shell. Ain't no point, really. Not yet. I'm gonna hit that trail at first light. Yay gonna be cold as fuck. Okay. The kids' trail led nearly 30 miles north of that cotton field. They walked north along Highway 19 until they reached some railroad tracks, and then they followed the railroad tracks north to Albany, Georgia, to a train yard. I was able to follow the trail through the patchy snow for a while. Then there were whole miles between Camilla and Albany with no snow. But I could feel them. These kids have something with them. Something awful. Bad fucking vibes aplenty were strung out for all of those miles. Something unnatural. Something that's leaving a sort of spiritual rot behind it wherever it goes. I called Mr. K around 6 this evening and asked if he and Little K had lost a loved one recently. And he said no. I attempted to cover for my question by telling him that I was just curious because kids do weird stuff when they're going through heavy shit like loss. But yeah. Nothing like that, he said. 
I'm going to spend the night tracking down all the names and numbers I need for tomorrow's work. I'm going to hit that train yard in Albany, see what I can find out there, and then get in my truck and follow the train line north. I don't know why exactly, I just don't imagine those kids walking 30 miles north that day to get on a southbound train and come right back through town. But maybe they did. I'm in my truck, headed north. Hell of a day at the train yard. I ended up talking to a guy named Martin, who works for a certain food distribution company. After dropping a few 20s and telling a few lies, I got him to tell me that two nights ago, one of his refrigerated units had been broken into. This would have been the first night that the kids were missing. He said sometimes sensors go off for reasons that are of no concern, or they malfunction. But everything sends a hit to the servers and gets logged. And in a lot of cases, seen by somebody who's actually currently on the clock. So when a refrigerated train car that he had personally inspected just 30 minutes before tripped its door sensor a mile down the track, he didn't worry about it. He didn't worry about it until he found out that a man had been murdered at a train yard in Knoxville, Tennessee this morning, standing right inside his refrigerated car. He said this murdered man had allegedly been beat to death right there in the unit. So I'm on my way to Knoxville to talk to a guy that Martin knows who works at that train yard. I asked Martin how cold it is inside the unit, and he said it's a freezer unit, so well below freezing. I know a lot of motherfuckers and get a lot of emails that Martin doesn't know. So not long after leaving Albany, I stopped at a Denny's for a double veggie burger and a side of fruit. Best fucking road meal in America. And I hit the grapevine. Turns out it wasn't just a train yard worker that was found dead in Knoxville this morning but two of the kids as well. Not little K, but two of the kids I'm looking for. Which makes me feel like shit, even though that ain't my fucking fault and it ain't got nothing to do with me. The kids froze to death in the unit. So where are the other two? And whatever the fuck it is they got with them that smashed that man to death. I got an idea, and... And in case something... In case something happens, you know, here we go. I think they pulled a pet cemetery on somebody or something and they're trying to keep it cold. And whatever that thing is, it killed some guy at a train yard in Knoxville, Tennessee. Two of the kids died from trying to live in a goddamn freezer car unit on a train for two days. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. I'll know more when I get to Knoxville and talk to this guy at the train yard. Gonna drive straight through and get there in time to catch him early. I'm at a hotel in Knoxville. I'm going to get a good night's sleep, then roll out north, fast, and try and get ahead of this train. Little Kay and her one fucking friend she has left ain't going to make it much longer. There ain't no way. And the guy at the train yard in Knoxville, Spencer, had a hell of a story to tell indeed. I walked into that place with a stack of 20s on deck to grease palms in case nobody wanted to talk. But dude wanted to talk. Spencer was buddies with the guy who got killed in Martin's refrigerated car. He found the guy, and the kids, and it fucked him up bad. Poor dude has kids of his own, and it was hard for him to even kick out the details. Spencer's buddy was the guy being paid to break the seal on that refrigerated unit for inspection. He figures whoever got him was waiting inside with some kind of weapon, something big and heavy. He said his friend was fucked up bad, like somebody had got at him with a baseball bat but he was wet all over. 
He was so wet that there was a thin layer of ice crusted all over what was left of his head when he found him in the unit. I asked him if the kids were fucked up too, and he said no. They looked fine like they had just gone to sleep. Spencer took me to roughly where it had happened, and it felt bad, like that place at the edge of the cotton field back home. It felt... sick. There weren't any detective break-ins on any other refrigerated cars in the yard. But I'm sure that's where little Kay and her friend and her monster are. The cops identified the two kids from Camilla, and word travels fast. Apparently they've shifted gears and they think the kids are being held by some nut job who killed Hat Davis with little Kay's rifle, then abducted the kids and headed north, where they got caught dumping two of the kids in a freezer car on a train and killed a guy. Cops are fucking stupid. They got no clue. But really, I don't know shit either. Back at it tomorrow. I spent the next two days in that hotel in Knoxville, making phone calls and making connections. Train workers always know somebody in the next town over, and that guy knows somebody, and blah, blah. I wrote down a lot of numbers and names, but I didn't know where to go. Mr. K was getting antsy. I tried to tell him that at least his daughter wasn't a murder suspect anymore, but understandably it wasn't much consolation. Kids are plugged into shit that most of us have let go of. They're able to perceive things in a way that most of us can't anymore. Their belief is malleable, amorphous, or non-existent. They're in a sort of constant state of awe. That shit produces a fucking weird effect on reality. Kids get up to all kinds of fucking crazy shit. Revelatory, mind-blowing, magical shit. And then most of it is lost to time when we let this fucking garbage life of wage slavery strip us away to shadows. On that last night in the hotel room, I was sitting on my bed, high as hell and trying to get into Little K's mindset, when it hit me. And then I heard the song coming through the hotel wall, blaring from my immediate neighbor's television, I assume. Or maybe I heard the song first and that's what made it all click for me. I'm not sure what's better. This fucking kid killed a hobo and took his magic hat and used that magic hat to create some kind of monster friend that needed to stay cold. And so she and her crew headed north to keep their friend cold. I ain't gonna sing the song. I left Knoxville the next day and drove up to Richmond, Virginia. Shelly was watching my place, so I wasn't worried about my stuff or anything, but it was Christmas Eve and all I could think about was little Kay and her buddy from back home. I wonder if they missed their folks or even gave a shit that it was Christmas. I don't have anybody waiting on me, so I hung out in Richmond for almost two weeks. Just kind of skipped the holidays altogether. I kept paying attention to my train line connections, but nothing turned up. I gave up my number to a lot of people. Worked my way up my connections to Canada, but nothing. I came back home on the 13th of January. Little Kay and the other kid from Camilla were never found. In June, I got a call from a Canadian fellow that got my number from someone I had talked to back in January. This guy was drunk as shit and had a crazy-ass accent I could barely follow, but he told me he worked at a train yard in Quebec, and that him and his buddies had been passing around some security camera footage of something huge coming out of a freezer car one night after Christmas that year. Something made out of ice and meat that walked like a person, and it had two little kids with it. 
He said a group of Americans in suits and badges came and rounded up the hard drives from the train yard with all the footage, but they didn't know about the flash drives that him and his buddies had been sharing. He asked for my email and said he'd send the video, but I never heard from him again. This is Weird Out Here, and you've been listening to The Case of the Christmas Assassins. Happy holidays, y'all.